The future will be great, but today is just as incredible. Meet Nissan's most advanced lineup. If you can't get enough adrenaline, there's the all-new 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or for your off-road adventures, it's time to check out the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. If you're more of a spontaneous road trip type of person... Up in the Nissan Pathfinder. And if uh, you're looking for something more electric, there's the stylish Nissan Aria. So, let's enjoy the ride. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability this spring for the 2023 Z and this fall for the 2023 Aria. Oh yeah, them jeans. Uh, we're back for a, a wild weekend edition of How Long Gone, a, a little special treat for the dedicated listeners, especially those in the music business or the media space. But I don't want to get into that just yet. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. We are we are doing a lot of pods this week. You know, just the way the scheduling cookie crumbles. Mm-hmm. More work for me, but that's totally fine because more more pod for you guys yeah jason listening jason just gives and gives and gives and it's something that it's a it's one of your best qualities i would say i'm sure you would agree uh, i can't turn it off now and before <laughs> I, I used to not be able to turn it on so oh i see so you're saying this podcast has helped you develop ambition is that what you mean yeah that and you know stick to Okay. Don't hear that word too much anymore, do you? Not to be on my Willie Staley, but no, you don't. Yeah, you know the stick-to-itiveness. You know, just doing something, uh, doing something now, mm-hmm. because when it's done, then I'll I'll be able to really enjoy myself and relax. Stick-to-itiveness. Uh, that word reminded me of that clip you sent of Joe Bud- Joe Budden uh, mispronouncing <laughs> ableist uh, on his podcast, talking about the Lizzo um, scandal. How did he say it? Can you can you when, when he was pronouncing it, he was he sounded like he was reading the the wine list at, at Mother Wolf. It was like the the, the 2011 ab- ablist. <laughs> yeah, he said ablist. It's a little minerality up front, and then you'll get a little plum at the end. Yeah, he said ablist. It's like Future's DS2 artwork being uh, from clip art. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's pretty cool for Joe Bud not to know what that word is and not care to look it up. Well, uh, the thing is, he knows what that word is, but to enter the mind of Joe Budden, which is unfortunately a thing that I feel confident in doing, <laughs> I, he, he knows the word, he's heard the word, he's said the word, but when he reads the word ableist the the kind of rudimentary brain tells you a so he's just hasn't he just doesn't do too much reading is the problem mm, i disagree i mean i well i don't disagree i definitely don't think he does too he's, much i mean reading. he's reading rap dot rap rap dot tv i don't think uh, I, don't, headlines. I don't think he's reading that much but i don't i also <laughs> don't think he said that word before yeah that's where we that that's okay. where we differ i think it's yeah it really could i i could go either way 100 percent. it could go either way but i um I did want to talk about an experience that I had yesterday, mm. thanks to our friends over at uh, Biologique Recharge. And well, I can also talk about it too, Chris, because I had one. I had a facial the day before. I was going to ask: Did you go to the same place I went? The house? I, w- I was up at the house. Okay, yes. we we're at the house. I thought it was so. a unique experience. I, I'll tell you that. But I hadn't had a facial in probably ten years, if not more. I don't really like them, if I'm being honest. I like a facial, but I don't like an extraction. It makes me cr- makes me cry, tears of pain. Well, luckily. You you might like that actually with your freaky eyes. Well, luckily they don't do. That's not part of their program over no. there. But I no, no, no. I so 
what I want to get at, this is this is beyond the point. It was excellent. I look I look great. I looked better yesterday, of course. She's glowy. But I was talking after I woke up because did you fall asleep a little bit? I did fall asleep. Same, same. So if we fall asleep a little bit, I wake up and you know I'm making a little bit of small talk with the with the uh, esthetician mm-hmm. and. I'm like, look, how, how old do you think I am? Based on looking at my face up close. You you asked that question? Oh, that's right. I asked the question. She said... That's cool. She said, oh, probably like late 20s, early 30s. Mm, mm-hmm. Alex is next to me. She lifts her middle finger up. I can see it in my peripherals. And, <laughs> and I excitedly say, that's crazy. I'm 39. And then she calls over another esthetician to look at me. Oh, really? To say, this guy's 39. Isn't that crazy? And then she asked what what I did to do this. And <laughs> Jason, the answer is going to upset you. Oh, well, I know what the answer is. Cetaphil mm-hmm. or slash nothing. No, the answer is water, sobriety. <laughs> Two things that you could never achieve. <laughs> Two things that I <laughs> that I uh, dis- uh, disavow on a daily basis right now. Exactly. So what I'm saying is the reason you look your age is because you don't treat your body the way that I treat my temple. And if you want to reverse the curse, right, right, right. not only can you get an hour and a half facial at a house, <laughs> reverse the at curse. a house in Coldwater Canyon, um, but you could also maybe take a second look at drinking water. Yeah, I'm all set on that. But yeah, when I went in there, I was okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm just telling you. No, I mean obviously that uh, you know you have to hit the fundamental roots. You know what goes into the body is what ends up making you look mm-hmm. how you look. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. But you know you do look great for your age. You have great skin. Obviously, you know she was adjusting your age for inflation and <laughs> all those things. Thank you. you know, yeah, take that, a couple look, years off. And look, I I would say that obviously I was being gassed up, mm-hmm. but this was a free ch- this was a free treatment because they were training the estheticians for the new Biologique Richard's location mm-hmm. that's opening up just across from Catch Steak over there on Melrose <laughs> Place. So the, yeah, the fact that she called a second uh, opinion over, yeah. that leads me to believe that maybe she was was really actually thinking you had great skin and not just blowing smoke up your ass. I, I thought she was laying on laying on a little thick, but then I realized there wasn't even a, a, an opportunity to tip. In this environment, so I sent a I sent a follow up text. Don't worry. Oh, did you? Yeah, to let them know that my I didn't have any cash on me, but I wanted to know yeah, could I, I send a digital? You know, does my esthetician have a Venmo? And and Danny said, no, 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 we don't tip them. Okay, we don't tip. Yeah, them. I love Danny. Down. Thank you, thank you to Juliana for hooking us up with that. But yeah, I think that dude was your experience good because you know they ask if we were if if I was um if I was claustrophobic and I was like I'm not in an elevator. What the fuck are you guys worried about me for? <laughs> And then I realized it's because they they mask your your face to the point of your your mouth and eyes are covered with masks. Yeah, it was it was like uh, like I, uh, getting some gauze in the burn ward or like doing some Hollywood movie mask makeup. Where yeah, I could have I could have been a little troublesome, but I was fine. I, I it was I felt a little bad because I showed up a few minutes late. I got stuck mm. behind a truck coming up over the hill. You know how it goes, man. No, I know. Yeah, of course. So I was kind of in a rush. So I basically, you know, walk in the door and within 60 seconds, they're like, all right, take your clothes off, lay on this bed in the middle of a living room mm-hmm. when there'll be two strangers getting facials right next to you. I like that. There's a little bit of a shock value going into it. Really? I Yeah. I don't like being in some like 
fake relaxing room with elevator music playing and like i don't like any of that like if i Mm -hmm. i I just would prefer to be in an area where the job is getting done and feel like work is happening it kind (laughs) of helps it i think it helps me relax weirdly so even even when you're in a facial appointment with some spa music playing and you're getting some serums rubbed on your face it's the most relaxing situation you can be in you still want to feel like people are working in your peripheral area. Well, I don't mind hearing a little hustle and bustle in the background. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it, it's almost it's almost like ambient noise. Something that I know you you love. The clacking of a MacBook Pro mm-hmm. sort of lulls you versus the opposite. That's right. I, I really did not. I mean, I I think it's interesting to see kind of behind the curtain of how this stuff all works as well. You know what I mean? Like how the training mm-hmm. works and stuff. I think that was interesting. I got to see how they make the P fifty. It was crazy. Yeah, it smelled like shit. <laughs> yeah, she was like, are you familiar with the products? I'm like, yeah, I smell the shit in my house all the time. It's awful. <laughs> but it works. You know, I get it. It works. And sometimes you got to do that. But I'm glad that we both. Of course it works. I'm glad that we're both glowing, um, especially for this bonus episode, because, you know, <laughs> I needed to look my best for uh, Bob Left Sets, Jason. For Hollywood's best. Yeah. When you you were talking earlier about like you know a glimpse into what your future might be like, and I really feel like he's an old like he's just you in twenty years, not like a hundred percent match, but like high enough to where we're flagging this. Like we're we're we had you, to you flag can study it. his life, and you know there'll be many through lines for what you're you're doing when you're sixty. Yeah, I mean I've been a subscriber to I mean Bob, all you little shitheads that started your little newsletters during COVID. If you don't subscribe to Bob, you ain't really about this newsletter shit. That's and that's off top. He, st- he, he started his newsletter in 1986, and he would literally type it out, print it out on an Apple laser printer, and mail it, and then just mail it to your house. That's some. That's that's basically a newspaper for you Gen Z. You know what I mean? Like, you, I mean, I thought I was old. No, no, this no, shit it, makes me feel. It's a different. This, it makes me feel like a gen, like a Zoomer listening no, to him it's, talk it's about It's some different shit. shit. But I've been reading Bob forever since I was in the music business. And and all joking aside, if you're not familiar, it's a it's an it's a pretty incredible thing to subscribe to because unlike other, he just kind of shoots off shit when he feels like it. There's no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. There's no every Tuesday and Thursday you're going to get this. You get you get six six left sets dispatches per week whenever he fucking feels like it mm-hmm. and it can be about anything from fucking Fauci to to the Eagles to the weekend. You know the guy the guy will touch on kind of anything mm-hmm. and um whether you agree or disagree, I think that the the output is impressive and it's something that makes me feel kind of tapped in even though he is a hundred years old mm-hmm. yeah there's some through lines with like bill maher kind of thing where like you'll watch it you won't agree with a lot of, of what he's saying but if you're kind of an older guy and you like the peripheral entertainment industry mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of got to watch to catch some of the inside stuff but my, my favorite part about it which makes make it makes his newsletter seem really unique nowadays is it's not there's, there's zero monetization there's no ads there's no yeah. paywall there's no patreon so there's some something really special and freeing about reading content from somebody who's only doing it because they want to not because they're trying to make it their career or anything and i mean and it, and because of that it is his career you know what i'm saying <laughs> like because he did that's right he didn't go the corny route he's been able to maintain for this long and like you know i mean 
it's it's the classic like love him or hate him you have to pay attention to him a little bit i think mm-hmm. um and uh and that's what we're gonna do so let's um <laughs> let's that's what let's we're ta- gonna do let's tap in with the triple og and see what he has to say about you know uh, all the important stuff that we talk about all the time i'm sure he really cares about kind of you know the menu changes going on at, at san Vicente bungalows you know stuff like that mm-hmm. so we need to kind of figure out his take on that stuff. What what is sweet green order is and and you know mm-hmm. does he like a yellow peach or, or a white peach in his salads? The list goes on. So let's tap in with Bobby Left <laughs> and uh bend over and let this man ream us for sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride, guys. Bob Left says thank you for joining us on on How Long Gone today, our humble little program, talking to the triple OG here. Are you coming to us from beautiful Los Angeles? I certainly am. Yeah, we are. We're in LA as well. The June gloom is upon us, unfortunately. But uh, are you down by the beach? I can't. I you know. Uh, I I did live in Santa Monica a couple of years ago. I moved permanently to like Mulholland area. Oh, okay. When you so, when you say permanently, is that how are you so sure? <laughs> well, I'll make it very simple. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend. I've been living in her house. Since 2010, <laughs> permanently, but I still had my place in Santa Monica, mm. but but I let that go three years ago. Smart yeah, man. That explains it. I love that you have a girlfriend, and you're just you know letting go of the pied de terre, and you said, I'm not going to be a stick man anymore. I'm all yours, baby. That's for sure. <laughs> you had true to, romance. True, true ro- romance is still alive, and that's that's always nice to hear, no matter who you're talking to. So, uh, Bob, we're we we're both in Los Angeles as well. Could you guess what parts of town we're both in? We're <laughs> we're both in pretty far, pretty different places. Well, if you're you know if you have June gloom, although it's pretty gloomy everywhere today, you know it's uh, closer to the beach. So I'd either Santa Monica or or. La Brea Towers type. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Nice, nice wild card. Chris, Chris is close to the La Brea Towers. He's by the, he's by the Erewhon over on, in uh, West Hollywood, okay. Beverly and Fairfax. Okay. Whereas I'm a Glendale girl, Bob. You didn't see that one, did you? <laughs> nope. I thought you said we're going to have some long answers today, Bob. I need some more than a nope out of you. Well, you know, wait, wait, you're not asking me questions that require any cogitation beyond yes Look, or no. Bob, I just read 5,000 words in an email from you about gas. So, you know, I figured you could, I figured you could go on. Me, about- I can go. I can go on. Uh, I have to feel stimulated, but you're talking about, I mean, if you want to talk about L.A. in general, in terms of where you live, et cetera, not incredibly interesting. Not a lot of fat for you to chew on. You know, we're just getting the right. wheels going. Don't worry, Bob. It was more of a. It was more of a. Can you guess where we live based on what we look like? You know what I mean. It's kind of where we were going with that, but you didn't take the bait, really. So no, it's okay. So yeah, like Chris said, you you write a lot of words um, on email newsletters for a long time. You know, very infamous for our listeners who might not be familiar with your your history and and. And back catalog of work, but obviously years in the music biz through the through the decades, and now you're a kind of a a legendary newsletter man before Substack or any of that existed. Oh, absolutely! You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm always anxious of making radical changes, mm-hmm. so that when everybody was going to blog, I stayed with newsletter, and ultimately everybody came back to newsletter. And now, with so much in the channel, it's so hard to build a fan base. I have the luxury of having done it for decades. Yeah, that's something that I think about as a podcaster. Chris and I, a lot of times, people will be like, 
you guys got to do video, you got to do TikToks, nobody wants just audio anymore. And part of me wants to be like, you know what, I think that'll that's a trend or a fad. And I'd like to stick with audio only. What do you what do you think about that, Bob? I would go to a more basic level. You have to be great. In today's creative world, you have to be great enough that people will talk about you to others. That's the only way to grow. Hype doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there's so much in the channel that it used to be up until like maybe 2010 or maybe 2012, great would surface. Whereas today, 10 years later, it can be great and people can still not hear it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be in it for the extreme long haul. <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, hopefully hopefully we are. Jason and I get along pretty well, you know what I mean, which helps. But I'm, you're a solo operator, which I feel like... Re- Absolutely. You got... <laughs> You got no team. You got management. You got what do you got? Nothing. Is it just? Is it just? No, I mean just like that. I mean I have lawyers who do my deals and stuff like that. <laughs> Don't well, Bob. Hold on. Don't you have a legal background yourself? Yes, we can get into that. But I was going to answer your question about being a sole guy first. So, uh, you know, I was a guy who always said I'm not going to get into computers until they, uh, you can talk to them, which ironically you can do now. <laughs> <laughs> but in, 19, in 1986, I wanted to start this newsletter, and I needed. A, I knew there were computers, and I ended up getting a Mac Plus and a laser writer, and I was unbelievably intrigued. Now, today's computers are like cars in that you don't need to know how they work in order to use them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go back to 86, it's not like being on a PC, but this would come up on a regular basis. You would hit problems. So I really understood how the computer worked. In 1992, I got a free subscription to AOL uh, given to me by Warner Brothers. I, I was given that by my mailman. <laughs> yes, but not in 1992 and not for free. Oh, he said, fuck you, Jason. He was, he hey, was I got a month for free, Bob. I got a month for free. <laughs> my, my mommy paid for the rest, of course, once I got hooked. Well, wait, wait. I mean, just to get into it. I mean, if you want to get into it, okay? <laughs> I do. 1995 was the summer of love in the internet world. <laughs> Just like 1967 was the summer of love for real in San Francisco. That is when people started to buy computers just to be able to participate and be online. Mm. Are you saying in masturbating or are you saying in just being on the computer in general? Well, you know, what's his name? Uh, (laughs) The late night host is no longer on late night. He said, you know. Letterman, Leno. No, he described his his, uh, computer as a $4,000 masturbation machine. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. And the price has only gone down a little bit. You know what I mean? uh, (laughs) But in any event, in any event, I'm going to answer your question through thread here mm-hmm. is that I was very familiar with computers and I had a subscription to AOL that was free when everybody else was being charged by the hour. <laughs> and I had a lot of experience. I was from 1995 till at least 2000. I was on the computer 24. Well, I did sleep <laughs> such that I believe things need to be right. And let me say this in an inoffensive way. It's it's impossible to find people, not that I will hire them anyway, who are as skilled. I mean, when I deal with people on a technical level, et cetera, when there's a snafu, they don't know how to solve it because they just think the thing works. So not only am I a one-man band, yes, it's also because I'm operating on this edge where I understand what's going on, but – 
I don't want any interference. As far as the email, it's all to me. I don't have anybody else do it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because I started out and said I'm going to be in a one-man band, but that's how it evolved. It's hard to find good help these days. I get it. So in 86, was your newsletter a physical paper that was mailed to people? Okay. What happened was I was reading Billboard magazine. Now, Billboard magazine goes up and down. At the time, it was terrible. (laughs) In the early 90s, Timothy White took over – I'm not a. I wasn't. I mean, he died tragically of a heart attack at a young age. Mm. I was not a huge fan of him, but he improved the. Uh, he improved the magazine. Right now, it's terrible again. I mean, it's consumer facing. Yeah. So I was reading a. Shout uh, out to all the people that work at Billboard listening to this right now. Do better. We can go deeper into Billboard, but it's not even worth talking about. Um, nah, it's but, not. <laughs> uh, I was reading Billboard when it was really you know insider focused, having a hamburger at a place that existed called Flaky Jake's at Pico and Sepulveda, uh-huh. and I said, "This is just terrible." And I said, I could do a better job myself. And all of a sudden I realized, well, you know, they're computers, et cetera. And that's when I decided to do my newsletter. And it was in print until the year 2000. And what happened, you know, I have been at the cutting edge of a lot of stuff purely by accident. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everyone today knows about internet hate. I would talk to my psychiatrist about this in like 2002. They would have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. You know, I could also talk about virality. So um, Mm -hmm. I go to this conference in Aspen every year. And in 1999, the the conference is in December. So just before the year 2000, um, we got a contact list with email addresses for the first time. Mm. So I had this book about David Geffen called The Operator a weekend, bef- a weekend before anybody else. Well, that's right. And I wrote about it. <laughs> a wrote classic, about it, sent it a to classic list. book. Cla- if, you have, if you haven't read and it. And that's when I started to get this viral sensation, to use a, uh, a, a term that references something else. I remember the guy Jefferson Holt, who used to be the manager of REM. Mm-hmm. He starts emailing me, and I go, you know, Okay, you're you're not paying for it or anything, but and that's fine. How did you get it? <laughs> he goes, Mark Williams, who's a famous A and R guy, and Mark Williams wasn't a subscriber or part of this uh, Aspen group either. So that showed me virality, mm-hmm. and I waited a year for everybody's subscription, paid subscription, to run out, and for five years you had to email me to be on the list. I did not automate it until the year 2005. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, that that brought up a whole new level of input and all kinds of other things that I was prepared for after, inter- you know, to this day, people are not prepared for internet feedback. <laughs> but I had five years under my belt before things went totally wild. How do you deal with it, though? Because you, I mean... Getting hate in comments versus getting hate emailed directly to your cell phone is a little bit of a different approach, you know? Well, let me answer another question first, and I'll get to that. So you asked me about the legal background. Yes, I am a lawyer licensed by the state of California. I practice for two minutes after uh, becoming (laughs) an attorney, always wanted to be in the music business. But when Napster hit, I had a legal background and I became the expert. There's a lot going there, but that all came together in the year 2000 when I went online. Mm. Now, your other question about the internet hate, at first you're shocked. <laughs> I mean, it takes a while to metabolize. Mm-hmm. And then you understand it. 
the number one way to deal with it is you never, ever respond. Mm. Because first and foremost, that is what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are doing it just to troll you. You can never win. Once you put a, a mat, light a batch of that gasoline, mm-hmm. man, it goes on forever. I, but I, I, but you, you publish a lot of responses that could be kind of maybe hate is the strong word, but you publish responses to your readers, which is an interesting method that I, I respect. But it seems like it could cause some problems. Let's be a little bit clearer. <laughs> it's one thing when someone disagrees with you. Mm-hmm. It's some. It's another thing when somebody disagrees with you vociferously. It's another thing when they attack your physicality, say they're going to come to your house and take action. Mm. These are different levels. Mm. I mean, no, I I agree. I'm not going to come to your house and take action over an Eagles song personally, but I know some people. <laughs> some people really care, man. It's different, you know. I really, well, you know, what I always say is ten. Should be ten percent of the public is certifiably insane. The only problem is you don't know which ten percent it is. Mm-hmm. Very interestingly, the people who send the lengthier, more cogent emails tend to be the craziest. You know, there's no set rules here, right? But you cannot tell until you. I mean, I can talk about a lot of bad experiences. This is why you know I learned. I mean, you write something negative. And then that person turns their minions on you. Mm-hmm. You have to be really connected to be able to talk to the top dog to be able to take the shit off. So you could do you have do you have Nicki Minaj's personal cell phone number to kind of get the get the haters off or BTS army leaders? Like what? Yeah, are we have doing? you spoken ill of any K-pop group? Because I feel like those those guys have their their uh, minions have the most venom from what I've seen. You know, there's insider and there's outsider. You're talking about outsider business. Let's go back to the days of MySpace because things are different now. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about MySpace, boy. Wait, 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 you have to have a connection with the people who run MySpace, <laughs> such as when the people are breaking the rules on the platform, they can take them down. Now, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. If you are an average citizen, you have nothing to lose. So these people are not threatened by being taken down by MySpace. They just start again with another name. Mm-hmm. So to so to agree, it's whack-a-moles. When I'm talking about taking mm, action, that's right. You have to know the people who run these platforms. The game has changed a little bit now because it's really, you know, this has really moved on a lot to politics and also, I mean, if you're someone who's a victim of hate. It tends to be a specialized person or a specialized group. And if you, as I say, if you don't light a match to that gasoline or you don't add fuel mm-hmm. to the fire, it, it, it dies out. They find something, mm-hmm. somebody else to be concerned Great about. advice. Great advice. I'll do my best. Joe Rogan calls that post and ghost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you know, Joe Rogan, I've got a problem with because I don't believe, I don't believe in spreading misinformation. This is, that's part, that's the scourge of America today. I mean, when when will this podcast air, if ever? <laughs> in the next uh, in the next couple of days. Okay. Well, we're in the uh, hearings of um, uh, January sixth, mm-hmm. so I track everything pretty closely. I went on the Fox News website today. I'm scrolling and scrolling. They don't even mention it. Mm-hmm. Now, on my Twitter feed, I don't post much because I can reach people more directly in other ways. But I certainly read, and someone said that Ann Coulter posted anti-Trump on January 6th. 
And so I read it. She has a thing on Substack. I don't know how successful. <laughs> but she was the anti she was the anti Trump, but she also was further to the right. I don't really have any time for Ann Coulter. Mm-hmm. Further to the right, saying he did not execute on some of his promises. But I never used to read the comments on any of this stuff. But I have a friend, David Krebs, who was a huge manager in the seventies and eighties. Managed there. He broke Aerosmith, ACDC. He had a partner, Steve Lieber. Mm-hmm. And he was taught, telling me, very educated guy, got an MBA and a law degree. I mean, blue chip guy. And he says, yeah, he does read the comments of the New York Times and the mm-hmm. Washington Post. So I now start to read them a little bit. So I'm reading the comments on this Ian Coulter thing. <laughs> They're all saying, no, you don't get it. There was fraud. It was stolen election. <laughs> so there's like no hope here. This is one of them saying the opposite. So this ex- this expands. It used to be only people in Amer- in entertainment lied. Now everybody lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody lies. I would I would agree with that. I mean, I was going to ask cuz you know, you 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 have a lot of hobbies, but you seem you have a lot of you really digest a lot of information every day, which is something that I pride myself on as well. Um do you are you a phone guy? Or are you a computer guy? Do you do you kind of take some time off, or, or are you pretty plugged in all the time? My goal is to never talk on the telephone. Mm. Okay, telephones complete. Interesting. Telephones a complete waste of time. There isn't a very. You know, I'm talking about. You know, I don't want to sound like a snob, but there's a. I'll tell you a good story. There's this guy who's unfortunately no longer with us. Peter Grosslight, big agent at w, William Morris. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that operation is now run by Ari Emanuel, of course, with Peter Whitesell. Mm. Patrick Whitesell, excuse me. Did you get invited to the wedding, Bob? No, I did not. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Peter had a very uh, rare illness that no one could diagnose. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, at the time, his brother Rom was the bigwig in the White House under Obama. And he got it to the – Peter's goal was to have the National Institutes of Health study his case, which is not that easy to do according to him when I discussed it with him. Mm-hmm. So finally got the contact open because it's Ari and Rom. He dials Rom. Rom picks up the phone and says, what do you need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> People only call you if they need something. I would say, I <laughs> would unless- say, let me, let me counterpoint, counterpoint. I, I agree with that to an extent, but the point of the phone call and the beauty of the phone call if, is that if you answer it, there's nowhere to hide and you will get an answer if that is what you were searching for. Whereas with the text message or the email, there can be a not only a lag time, but also, a, oh, I didn't see it. Sorry, bro, that you can't really do with the phone call if the phone call is answered. I'm coming at it from a different perspective. Somebody calls me up. The first thing they got to do is, how was your weekend? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you, want, you want a little foreplay before they stick it in. No, no. That's what they do. They want to ask. Oh, okay. They're the bro. They're establishing the relationship. <laughs> How long do you have to talk before they get to the ask, which you are going to say no to anyway? <laughs> I don't have. I don't have that kind of time. What about what about when your when your girlfriend calls? You guys are out of town. You want to do a little check in phone call? Is that different? You know, I have time for my girlfriend. I will say a lot of you know we're back and forth, and I message on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. There are certain people who call who I will talk to. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
people who are in doing business, who sit on the phone all day, yes, you can gain information. That is not what I'm doing. I'm certainly privy to information, mm -hmm. but for me, uh, analysis is more interesting. You know, I, I, I still back the phone call. I, I think it's, I think it's gonna, I think it's making a comeback, Bob. I think that's the reality. It's making a comeback. Okay. If they, if it was making a comeback, now we're going to get an argument. How come clubhouse, <laughs> how come clubhouse disappeared from the map? Because that's stupid. <laughs> that's different. Social audio is stupid. Making a phone call to friends, loved ones, or business associates. Well, 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 let, well let me ask you a question. How many hours a day are you on the phone? Okay, look, limited amount, limited amount of no, hours. No, 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 no. As you said, when it's a call, you get a direct answer. How long a day are you on the phone? I would say under 10 minutes if I'm doing it right because my <laughs> no, answer. No, 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 no. If you add up all the amount of time you're on the phone in one day. You mean talking on the phone no, or texting on the, and, a and phone call no, from, when you go, from when you wake up to phones. when you go to sleep? How many minutes total for the day? Oh, oh less Less than 10, because I'm getting the answers. That's what I'm Less saying. Less than 10 minutes for the whole day? Yeah. You probably go days without talking on the phone, Jason. Okay, then we're on the same path. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where the disagreement here. If you say you talk on the phone 10 minutes a day, that's like almost like not talking on the phone yeah, at all. Yeah, that's nothing. But I'm saying that people, I think people know not to call me with their little play-play bullshit. They know that if they're calling me, it better be about money, and that's the difference. You know what I mean? There's no time. <laughs> there's no time for pussyfooting. There's no time for that, that like, warming me up. You know, good for you. <laughs> I wanted to quickly, you know, I'm a long Bob. I'm a long time subscriber of the newsletter. And I, um, I used to be in the music business myself and I have actually responded to you before. And there was a little back and forth with us on the newsletter where you published my response. What was the response about? Well, I bet Bob, I used to manage a band called Cartel. Do you, I don't know if you remember them? Yes, I do, but that was a long time ago. That was a, that was a long time ago, but we did we did a, a reality <laughs> television show called Band in the Bubble. I remember. I remember. Let me let me, you know, there's two sides of this story. There's the content <laughs> of what you're talking about, but I'll also say and people are not going to like this. I do not respond to email unless you're famous or I know you because I gotten too many bad experiences because like I said, 10% of the public is truly insane. I connected with you prior to uh, instituting mm. that. Rule. Okay. So, you're, okay, okay, so, <laughs> so you just want to clear up that I'm not famous and we don't know each other. That's just what you want to clear up, kind of off rip. No, I mean, you, I mean, I, I remember the boy in the uh, band in the bubble. I remember some of but you're, you're trying to say there was some sort of heated back and forth. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying there was a heated back and forth. I was, I was saying that there was a, a I responded, you published it, people chimed in. It was not heated necessarily. Oh, okay. You're right. No, no, no. I listen, I read my email. <laughs> I used to read every word. I don't read every word at this particular point in time. Mm -hmm. If a sub if a subject if a subject is interesting enough that the responses are interesting, mm. I might print those. That's totally different on the volume of response. I printed something the other day and, you know, I wrote something and I got like, you know, 150 responses directly to me about that. It was not worth printing a mailbag. There are other things that are less universal, but what people have to say about it is very interesting. So it depends on the quality of the response. I love them. But my point is that looking back on this, 
Unfortunately, I think you were right. <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted to, you know, I, I know that I know that you, you maybe don't take great pleasure in hearing that from a, a relative stranger, but I think you made some good points that a young Chris, possibly high on cocaine, was not able to kind of understand at the time. Well, there's two issues. Experience counts, but that old cliche, if you knew what you know now, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even do things. That's right. So I look at it I look at it both ways. Yes, people can learn, they can gain wisdom, but certainly when you're starting out, what you don't know is to your advantage. You know, the number one thing I tell people when I speak to people who want to get in the music business is don't. That's right. Great my, advice. Go, my goal is to get every is to tell everybody to say no. <laughs> because it's like that ACDC song. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. I remember going to law school. Very first day, the counselor stood up in front of me and said, if you're planning to practice entertainment law, you should drop out right away. I didn't want to go to law school to begin with, and I'm listening to that. I go, shit. I was someone who really needed to be in entertainment. Nobody else who I went to law school was. So if you really need to be in the music business – you're not going to listen to anybody. You're not going to listen to me. That's true. And you're going to find a way. But people who say, oh, there's a little glamour. I mean, unless you are a big muckety muck, you have to be available 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know, working on the weekends and you and everybody gets fired. If the money's right. So this is not a job for regular If the money's people. right and you hate your family, it sounds pretty good to me. It's not about, I mean, it's not about, the, it's not about the money. There's not that. They, for most people, there's no money in the entertainment business. So why did, why did you need to be in the entertainment business? Because, you know, I'm just going to hit the surface. I can go deeper if you want. At the time, music drove the culture. Music does not drive the culture anymore. Mm-hmm. So you want to get closer to the Godhead. Mm. What's the Godhead now? Godhead today is primarily politics because democracy is at risk and secondarily streaming TV. <laughs> George Draculius, big record producer, now music supervisor. He did the first Black Crows, did a million things, just did a Mike Campbell album. Mm. I remember the first time I met him face to face maybe the second we were at Staples and he said, which is now the crypt said, um, <laughs> you know, I used, to, I used to have fights about records. When I get together with people who have literally run these companies, they want to talk streaming television. They want to talk politics. They don't want to talk music. Right, 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 right. They can talk grosses and shit like that. But what are they passionate about? Yeah, so right. they're so they're passionate about Stranger Things season four, but not the new Harry Styles. I'm not. I, that, I don't love that personally. I would not say they're <laughs> passionate about Stranger Things. Stranger Things is a success, but it is not changing the face of the landscape. Something grittier will. No. Borgen, Gamora, okay, The Bureau. There's plenty of shows here. I'm not mm. talking about entertainment, even though all those shows are entertaining. Things that capture the zeitgeist. If you talk to, I mean, I won't mention names, but they're household names. They're going to first talk about the political situation because that's what's critical. Okay. So, mm-hmm. okay. I was looking at the grosses. It's, you know, it stood out to me. The comedians were going clean. For those people who don't know, that means selling tickets, selling every ticket, mm-hmm. essentially everywhere. Why are the comedians going clean? Because they speak truth. Mm-hmm. 
The musician stops speaking truth a million times. You know, the weekend, okay? He goes to work. He's got an independent career. He goes to work with Max Martin. Max Martin's a great guy, incredibly talented, but that's not where you're going to push the envelope. No. Yeah, I agree. I just don't know if there's everybody in my life are people that I want to talk politics with. Oh, wait, wait, I could not agree more. But the question is, what is driving the culture? Yeah, I, I think that music. I mean, look, we got this. We, we needed to talk to you about this. I'm sure you were up late last night on Molly listening to the new Drake album. You know, what's your what's your take? A Drake drop, I would argue, might move the culture because everyone has to chime in on it. Drake moved the culture. Was it in 2017? 26, I mean, it was 2017 when he put out his mix album. That was something different. He was changing the format. In terms of content, nothing any musician has done in years has impacted the culture the way other things have an error. If for no other reason, there's too much in the channel. Mm. I was, you know, even as late, even as late as the MTV era, you were on MTV. Everybody in the world knew you. The biggest act in the world right now is Bad Bunny. <laughs> there are a million people who are unaware of Bad Bunny. Mm -hmm. Harry Styles is number one. He's a very nice guy. Everybody involves a friend of mine, but I guarantee you at least 50% of America could not name one song title. Mm -hmm. That's just the world we're living in. Yeah. I'll, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Shout out to Irving. I know you're listening. Um, but I, I do think that the... Um, it's there's too much to be consumed, so we're all splintered. There's nothing that can truly capture the the hearts and minds of the of the country in the way that it once could because there's just too much stuff. But and if you want to do your best to capture the country, you have to focus on the zeitgeist, the content, not the penumbra, not the you know perfume and the clothing. That may be a business. Mm -hmm. This is now dated, but uh, I think it was 13 years ago that Jay-Z put out an album that was sponsored by Samsung. Samsung gave them seven figures. Mm. And if you had a Samsung phone, you got the album for free. Mm. Well, he says great victory. <laughs> if Jay-Z had written an anti-Samsung song, well, hell would have broken loose. <laughs> okay. That's the, not that I had too many problems with Samsung at that time. <laughs> But that is how you speak truth to power, okay? <laughs> Everybody knows what the truth is. We live in a completely sold-out country where people don't even tell the truth in court anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're a truth teller like Chris Rock or somebody, everybody knows you. Yeah, but Chris Rock isn't funny anymore. Is that the? Are you saying that he, he's he's switched to truth teller? Or are you saying that he's funny and also telling the truth? The latter. Do I think the very last special was as funny as the specials before? No, but he was batting at a very high level. And mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it takes a while for the, some of the stuff to sink in. I thought the latter-day George Carlin specials were not as funny as the earlier ones. Now that he's been dead for a while, he was just ahead of the game. It was it was uh, some some gallows, nihilistic stuff at the time, right. and now it's pretty milk toast. Well, now it shows, well, he was right. Yeah, do you, I, I think about that when I watch things like that, like the, the Carlin docs of certain people, any type of person, you know, comedian, musician, actor, whatever, they're, they're kind of keeping their eye on... 20 years from now, 50 years from now versus what is going on right now. Well, I mean, no, I, I view it differently. I don't think anybody can see that far in the future. There's certainly cool hunters and other people make a living like that. But 
It's being tied into the zeitgeist and being beholden to no one. Okay. Mm. Then you're freed up to say the truth that no one else, you know, this is a phenomenal song by, uh, Leonard Cohen. I happen to like the, uh, Don Henley version from the greatest hits album. Other people like the concrete, Glo- uh, blonde mm. version. It's called everybody knows beautiful song. Everybody knows the truth. <laughs> okay. You say, they may not say it out loud, mm-hmm. but everybody knows. So do you, so now because politics is, is the zeitgeist because our democracy is in critical condition music is not the cultural driver anymore in your lifetime before you croak do you think that's ever going to turn back to the way it was a couple of things music abdicated its power Mm -hmm. but you have to understand if you live through the so-called classic rock era you live through the renaissance if you wanted to know which way the wind blew you absolutely listen to a record in painting and sculpture there was only one renaissance Mm. But people painted and sculpted after. Mm. So if you were alive at that time, they always talked about a new Dylan and new Beatles. Never came. So do I believe that when we return to the era of the 60s and 70s? Almost definitely not because there were certain things that made that happen. (laughs) It was post-war. People in the UK didn't have any money. There weren't other alternatives. You know, there was the youth culture, et cetera. Maybe just like the 90s, like you were saying, when MTV ruled the world, you know? Well, really, the MTV was about the 80s because they realized, I mean, this becomes Too many factors. Too many factors. Tom Freston ran MTV through almost all these years uh, into the 21st century. I remember when people were bitching, even at the Video Music Awards, that MTV doesn't play any videos anymore. Mm -hmm. And Tom, who's an incredibly nice, talented guy, tells me, we're never going to play videos anymore. (laughs) That's an on-demand item online. Mm -hmm. Who's going to sit and wait? Who's going to sit and wait for a video? Okay? People are nostalgic for an era that passed. So if you know television ratings, they're rated every... uh, 15 minutes and it turns out that when you have video after video the ratings are bad that's why they started to come up with these half hour shows so really really the heyday of uh, mtv was the 80s no 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 you're, you're right that i mean i i guess i watched it i mean i live we lived through the trl era so i was glued mm-hmm. well see trl era is some okay <laughs> music business crashed in 1979 and you had corporate rock, you had bad disco, and it was resuscitated in 1981 mm. by MTV. MTV created something that never existed previously, a monoculture. Mm. Never since FM radio. The same hits were everywhere, okay? Such that we now had top 40 on the FM. The first chink in the armor was the independent scene of the early 90s. <laughs> Napster comes along. We no longer live in a monoculture. So this is the irony of the Spotify Top 50. Yeah, they're the 50 most streamed tracks, but they've never meant less in society at large, okay? And people constantly, the major labels are focusing on the old paradigm saying, well, this is a big, yeah, maybe it's big, but you're missing great swaths of music of these people who have careers. So, Yes. Can music return to a power? Listen, the ethos is different. A lot of it, you mm-hmm. you have to blame on income inequality and the bands come and go and the infrastructure stays the same. What you have to know about managers and agents, they only get paid if you work. 
So if you say, hey, I don't want to do that sponsorship, they don't get paid. And they know the yaks come and go that much faster. So to Mm -hmm. say no is very difficult. But in order to have credibility, you have to be able to say no. You have to be able to leave money on the table. I don't know if that many people can do that. I mean, that's why we got a Doja Cat Doritos song. But but what you have to understand is these people are not artists. (laughs) No. This is commerce with multiple people, okay, involved creating this for the market. A artist is sui generis, detached from the everyday or maybe manipulating the everyday. Mm. Even Madonna, who really tended to be on trans after and blow them up, that was her artistry, knowing how to freak out the public, et cetera, and therefore had attention, never mind the great artists of yore, Mm -hmm. okay? (laughs) So the big real reality TV show was in the year 2000, Survivor. Yes, Real World was before that and American Family was before that. Turns out it's a huge success. Everyone involved... I'm talking about on camera, now believes they're a star and tried to have a career. (laughs) By the time we hit Jersey Shore, everybody knows I'm going to go on TV and then eventually I'm just going to go back to Poughkeepsie. This is a momentary thing. This is the bread and circuses for the uh, hoi polloi. You cannot move up the food chain the way it used to be. And the other thing, of course, being in the 60s and 70s, if you were a musician, I'm talking about a successful musician. You were as rich as anybody in America, mm. and in many cases, more powerful. Mm-hmm. You can't make Elon Musk money in the music business. Literally impossible. No, it's okay? impossible. You're right. So if you're in it for the money, you've already lost. So you go, uh, you know, we talked to that Samsung thing, okay, I was talking about. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine worked with Samsung. Their annual marketing budget you know, it was in nine figures. <laughs> they could have lit a match to the money that they gave Jay-Z. So when you think you're ripping off the corporation, it's a corporation that's laughing. That's right. The corporations Absolutely. are always laughing. I say that all the time. We, 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 we give too much. We believe that corporations care too much. Like, people expect so much from these corporations. I'm like, guys, they don't care. Well, I, I, I agree with all that. But the more interesting thing is if you believe you can pull one over the corporation when they're paying for whatever it is, <laughs> your private appearance, your endorsement, sponsorship, mm-hmm. you're the one who's the product, mm-hmm. not them. <laughs> oh, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. I want to get into some Los Angeles <clears throat> dining stuff, Bob, because mm. I, I feel like, you know, you're out on the town, you're eating out. You know, we, well, we now, haven't you know, run in. Not the last couple of years, but okay. <laughs> That's your fault. Okay. They're no, right. it's not my fault. It's a help. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, this, just to go one step further, I have something which is the doctor thought she finally diagnosed and said, you don't want to look this up in, online. But I have some, a skin condition. Okay. And the way they treat it is with a drug called Rituxan, which is a lymphoma drug. I do not have lymphoma. Mm -hmm. Lymphoma, you get it every two weeks. This, you get two injections every six months. How does it work? It wipes out your B cells. Okay, that's not good. When you get the vaccination, how does it work? It activates your B cells to create antibodies. Mm. So I got the vaccination. It didn't work. (laughs) Okay. And now it's... 16 months after I got the initial vaccination and I, I had, they thought the B cells were going to come back in six months. I just have a few B cells. I just got the vaccination again two weeks ago. 
How, so how many times have you had COVID, Bob? No, I haven't had any because I've been isolated. I had uh, right. the uh, what you hoozy. It suddenly uh, it begins with an R. <laughs> I had the antibodies at the end of August. Then it turned out they didn't work for Omicron. Mm-hmm. Then I had Evusheld for Omicron. Then he said you needed double the dose. So Mr. Chow, Mr. Chow delivery is just what it is now for you. Well, certainly you, the last thing you want from Mr. Chow is delivery because it's all about being there and being seen. <laughs> That's right, Bob. That's right. But all right, if you're all right, let's say I'm glad we finally got you to crack a smile when you can <laughs> shit Mr. on Mr. Chow. Chow. So what is your what is your because you know I've never seen you you know at Sunset Tower or San Vicente Bungalows or, or even South Beverly Grill. So where Dan Dantana. What's going on? You know, I loved I love Dantana's. I've been there a few times in the last ten years, but really it was a seventies thing. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, I don't want to go to a place that's a hangout. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you know, if if I can't think of anything, we'll go to Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. right there. What's that? Uh, you know, considered the best restaurant in L.A., just over by Paramount, just west. Providence? Providence. Love going to Providence. Can't say I go there all the time. Special occasion spot. Right. And uh, Nobu. Mm -hmm. Nobu. uh, (laughs) Malibu is a little bit too much of a scene. But if you go late on a weeknight, you know, it's not that much. Mm -hmm. Um, Can't be the sunset. You know, there are places that I will go to. Not to be seen. Mm-hmm. Not that, uh, you know, there aren't some steakhouses wherever we all go where it's a hangout. But to go to Tower Bar or whatever, or uh, Craig's, I've certainly been to Craig's, you know, plenty of times. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something, you know, prior to COVID and certainly of invitations, you know, I'm the type of person, I don't have to go out for my own entertainment on Friday or Saturday night. Generally speaking, I can go out to any restaurant. People are always in town. So when I go without with those people, I want to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go somewhere where, you know, yes, do you go places and end up knowing people frequently? <laughs> but that's not why I'm going. Bob, come on. I, I, who doesn't like to go somewhere hot and be seen? Not, not my thing. I like to go somewhere hot that I hear is great. Because I want to check it out, absolutely. Well, Bob, at Bob, at what age did that happen? Yeah, because I know that back in the seventies, you were running around town, you know, having a nice little tootski. Seventies, first and foremost, seventies. Uh, it was cheaper. I was in a different space, and I literally wanted to go to every restaurant. It's like records. Seventies, you could know every record. Nobody knows every record in the chart today. Literally impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally impossible to. Um, Go to every restaurant. Right. Okay. Yes. You know, it's like anything else. If you, somebody has a connection so you can get in. Otherwise, you got to wait months for a reservation at some of these places. Well, Bob, if that's the, if that's the case, Jason and I are looking for a 7 p.m. at Nobu Malibu tonight. So if you, if you want to text anybody for us, that'd be great. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> 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 I don't want to say that I'm so heavy. I'm just stating the way it is. Yes, you have to know people. I, I agree. Everybody knows different people. Mm-hmm. I, generally speaking, don't like to use connections because then you owe a favor. There are certain people or friends of mine, you know, it's a different thing, or they, or, you know, I hook them up. Mm-hmm. What would, hold on, hold on. What would you hook <laughs> me up with, let's say? You know what I mean? If you say Chris. No, no, it works in reverse. It's a little bit different. <laughs> I say, Chris, you know, you know somebody, and I, th- and I think there's some money there for me. Okay. 
Introduce me. Okay. <laughs> Sometime in the future, it could be a day, a month, a year, 10 years. You're going to call Bob. Yeah. You know, you know somebody. I need a connection to that guy. I, I will not be able to say no. That's just the Hollywood rule. You did a favor for me. I have to do it. Uh-huh. So therefore, I don't ask for any favors because it always comes back. You never want to be indebted. Right. Because it's, I've had a couple of bad experiences. I mean, it didn't compromise my credibility, mm-hmm. but I had a friend who he'd done a favor for me. He'd done a, this is how it works. I call him for a favor for a friend. It wasn't even mm. me. Oh, no. That's where you <laughs> fucked up. It ain't even no, for you. No, no, that's no, where no, you no, fucked no. up, that's Bob. The, that's the irrelevant half. <laughs> it's Bush League, Bob. He then called me up to ask somebody to get a, for a job, and I knew those people didn't want to give him the job. Your hands are tied. And I felt I, li- I felt I literally had to ask because this guy had done me the favor. And, of course, these other people said, no, we don't want to hire that guy. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. I do a lot of favors on a daily basis. I'm kind of known as a favor guy, but it usually... It, I don't know if it comes – I've never thought about it this much if it comes back to me or not, but I like to think it's a, a karmic retribution that I'm receiving. Wait, wait, wait. If you're, I do a lot of favors all day long. Most of the favors I do, people charge for, but I don't charge. <laughs> Are you saying that you should charge us to appear on this podcast? Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, that's not my point, my point at all. <laughs> this – I am in a unique position that I know people in all walks of the business. Mm-hmm. Some unbelievably successful people are in their own vertical. They work at their label. That is a 24-7 job. They may not, let's say they work at the label, they may not know someone who works for this concert promotion company. That's true. There's some separation. You know, but they have have an act. They want to work with them. And I know that guy. Mm -hmm. Believe me, everybody charges for that shit or calls in a favor. That's just the way business works. I would love to see a, a price structure on kind of the, the left sets retainer model. You know what I mean? Like what it's, what's it going to cost yeah, to get Bob know, in your wait, corner? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it's not worth my time. This is going to come out wrong. Okay. <laughs> but it's not worth my time to do business for a low figure. First and foremost, when I'm doing business with me real, and you both, Bob, I feel you, bro. For me to do business with a real person, they have a budget for that and they can pay real money. Hell yeah. These other people say they want you to work with them. They are nobodies and they, you quote them a price. They want to lower the price and what they really want. Most of these people, they don't want your advice. They just want your connections. That's right. I get bought for my connections all the time. My Rolodex is thick as hell. looks like a phone book. Bob, did you, did you learn all this stuff on your own? The hard way? Did you have a left sets in your corner when you were a youngster? I learned all this the hard way, except my father, who was not like a member of the group, although successful in his own world. Uh, he always taught me that if something looks unbelievable look beneath the surface. Someone's driving a $200,000 car and you can't figure out how they're doing it. Mm. Either they're close to going bankrupt or they come from a rich family. Well, they could also be on TikTok. Let's not, you know. We're living in a slightly different (laughs) era now. You know, the people who come and go is a different, what we know about social media stars is except for a handful of exceptions, it's very lucrative for a very short period of time. Mm. And it requires full dedication. Are you on Instagram, Bob? I am, but I'm not. I'm posting once in a blue moon. Okay, so so you're not you're not putting selfies from vacation and kind of checking out, you know, not that kind of stuff. Just just when you feel compelled, and it's usually a business use. You know, this is the same story. 
Someone stole my name. <laughs> you have no idea what I had to go through to get my name back. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're. I'm sure you've got yeah, some right, connections right, at Instagram. <laughs> no, but believe me, with the connections, you have even no with heart. his connections. No, it's I- all kinds of logistical <laughs> issues. Okay, yeah. and then you have to post. <laughs> <laughs> like every certain number that I post just to make sure they know I'm active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to okay? show them you're alive. You got a pulse over there. You got to have a certain amount in the checking account for them to keep it open. I was on early, not unbelievably early 2010. This was just before it started to blow up. Mm-hmm. Relatively speaking, I have a lot of followers. I don't think it's changed in seven years because I rarely post, it's like 65,000, give or take. Not bad, not bad. Okay. Not bad. But what people don't, what I suddenly realized is you reach a small fraction of those people when you post. Mm-hmm. I reach more people than that when I hit send. Definitely. Oh, why yeah. the hell Why the hell should I be playing on you know Twitter or the same same <laughs> thing with Instagram? I have a d- direct line. Bob, what's that what what's that op- what's the open rate looking like on those emails, Bob? Uh, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I never tell because everybody lies and I don't lie. We're not in the we're okay, back in the pre-streaming era. Someone tell you I sold 100,000 independent records. How many did they sell? Probably 2,000. Math ain't adding up. I have a friend. This guy's got a bad... Re- he's a, no longer with us. You know, With Easy, he ran Ruthless Records. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he talked about being interviewed for a major publication. And they said... How many records did you sell at Ruthless Records? And I think he said 40 million or 60 million. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and the guy said, wow, really? He goes, yeah. Then he looked at me and he goes, my company, my number. I like that. We're gonna- My company, my number. If you tell the truth, okay, people immediately cut it up. They said, well, that can't really be true. Like the Hollywood height. We assume to take two inches off the top. Right. I'm going to try that strategy with some of our advertisers. Uh, I've been doing that for a while now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the irony is people are yelling, are lying about things that are quantifiable, whether it be politicians where they've said something on camera or acts where you can look up the streaming numbers right on Spotify and see that they're lying. (laughs) So we're living in a slightly different era. You know these lazy-ass A&R guys don't even want to look. They just want to open the email. You know They don't care. Facts don't matter anymore, Bob. Facts don't matter. So last question as we're we're letting you go. First of all, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, It's been a a pleasure. Okay. What do you do to kind of calm that left set's brain down? I feel like there's Mm. something – the hamster wheel's running – Mm-hmm. There's there's a fire inside of you. I don't know what it is, but I, I I go I go hiking in the mountains very frequently with earbuds. Or we is that Mother Nature only? No, I'm connected with uh, <laughs> music and podcasts. Okay, okay. Well, if you, just FYI, if you're going out today, we have a great back catalog of podcasts with some guests. I'm sure you would recognize over here at How Long Gone. So you might. We had Kurt Vile on for today's episode. Give it a listen. Great. Out of <laughs> out of all. And it also, I feel like you've been admiring, studying, judging kind of broadcasters, writers, you know, people that do what it is that we're doing right now. And you have a pretty high bar mm-hmm. set for this. Who mm-hmm. who are some podcasters that you think are really doing something unique, special, and great? James Homan used to have a daily podcast with the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. He now is weekly. He's still pretty good. Okay. The New, the New York Times Daily is good, but if you read the paper, 
generally speaking, they're repeating stuff. Same deal with um, the Wall Street Journal. You got any? How about any fun podcasts, Bob? <laughs> Most of the people with fun podcasts are bad podcasters. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, it has to be interesting. And for a while there, I was hooked on a story podcast, but the one out of Canada from the New York Times where the guy said he was part of, uh, you know, Islamic terror group turned out to be false. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the very first season of, uh, you know, the one, this was, uh, I said, not serial, serial, right. Then I couldn't listen anymore. The so therefore the ones that are from you know TV networks etc etc there's some people who are better at this than others and then there are some people where the topic is so interesting I don't care that you're bad. Welcome to How Long Gone. Yeah, but that'd be something. You know, I'm very into skiing. Mm. So there's one there's there's one podcaster who interviews the people who run all the ski areas. Okay, very niche podcast. Okay? It's not it's not it's not that he's so great but this is really deep information. It's good info. It's good okay, info. Okay, so I'm talking about that. Somebody who's, you know, you're really into a niche. It's like you know, Instagram. What am I looking at Instagram? I you know, it's called Great Plan or something where they go to these really exotic locations and take pictures. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're, it's never anybody you know. It's, you know, and you've never been there. But you think, fuck, I might want to be there. <laughs> as far as people posting to enhance their career, you know, it, this is well documented. They're putting up an image that doesn't really exist. And then, you know, you have David Geffen who was posting on Instagram that he's on his yacht <laughs> during uh, COVID. Yeah. You know, some people are just out of touch. <laughs> I, look, I think that David Geffen's reality is different from mine. And if I had a yacht, that's probably where I would have been. No, too. no, no. That's not the interest. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is what people are out of touch with. Yeah. People, people with money tend to think they're in touch with everything. That's true. Hey. But- that's true. No one can be in touch with everything. There's just too much out there. Mm-hmm. And you have to be aware of what you don't know so you don't step in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. No one knows everything. So in that particular case, the interesting lesson was that he was not aware of the fact of the negative blowback. He was a supporter of the Clintons. Then he nailed the Clintons in an interview. He consciously did that. Okay. <laughs> He did not consciously post about Instagram for the blowback, but he learned his lesson. He stopped doing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes the yacht is is not the best for posting. And on that note, uh, Bob Leftsets, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. Uh, it, guys, if you want to subscribe to Bob's newsletter, uh, it is – what's the website, Bob? As my father would used to say, just Google Leftsets, L like Larry, E like Edward, F like Frank, S like Sam, E like Edward, T like Tom, Z like Zebra. And I'm sure it'll – hopefully they'll spell it correctly in the description. <laughs> it's it's free, we will. It's free we to will. sign up. It's totally automated. I don't want anybody reading who doesn't dig it. Mm-hmm. If I don't put anybody on the list. If you put yourself on the list, there's a link at the bottom of every post. You can take yourself off the list. It's totally up to you. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to the WordPress archive and read some of the past stuff, see whether you're interested. Really dig in. Really dig in. And, yeah, we'll – um. Once this COVID thing kind of really gets itself out the door, you know, we'll take you down to to Nobu Malibu on us. You know, we have a corporate card. Sounds good. 
I'm sure you're used to. I'm sure you're used to that. You don't pay for a lot of dinners, Bob. Thank you for joining us. You bet. Take it easy. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows.